Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Miles Garrett did it, Doug. Around the horn he came. Rang the bell and said, Fires, it's caught, Lambry, touchdown! Here's Mayfield, back to pass, he throws, right corner of the end zone, touchdown! They got it, it's Landry again! gentlemen welcome back to another episode of dog pound nation here this is jason kabasik along with mike winkler hello today we are going to discuss the game that the cleveland browns had against the indianapolis colts our first real true test against a high-ranking defense in the league yeah it was and uh i'm happy to say the browns delivered yes they did this is going to be a game that we're going to have people talking about for a while, I bet. I think In so. In good terms for the Browns, hopefully. Well, going forward, I think it really proved that the Cleveland Browns are now officially contenders and a team to pay attention to. It, yeah, this was definitely a game that's going to get people to start paying attention to us a little bit more. What I think is going to be the game that shows us, you know, the respect we deserve is going to be next week and that – Huge game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're only two days away from that. This is going to really set the tone for the rest of the season as far as the AFC North is concerned. Well, I seriously think if the Browns can steal this game on Sunday, I think it'll be officially uh, in the cards that the Browns may have the potential to win the division. Yeah, that's what me and my roommate were just discussing, is that this game, if the Browns win, we're going to be – in talks heavily for are we going to be winning the division not just making playoffs but winning the division yeah i know a lot of people will say oh well the browns got beat down by by baltimore that discussion could be 
uh, attributed to a lot of different things. The fact that the Browns came into that game with no preseason, a new playbook, a new coach, they weren't prepared. The Ravens already had an advantage on them because they already exactly. had the playbook and they already had the team established. The Browns didn't have well, that. So. And also, people, I needed to take a look at the remaining schedule that the Browns have. Mm-hmm. They're between, after with this upcoming week against the Steelers uh, coming in, uh, coming into effect as well. There are only really five viable games that you can say the Browns have a legitimate chance of actually losing. And that's both Pittsburgh games, Mm -hmm. the game against the Raiders, Mm -hmm. the game against Tennessee and the Ravens and the Ravens game. So at that rate, the Browns would still at least be 10 and six if they lost all those games you just said. And if we can somehow pull off the victory this Sunday, I have a very heavy feeling that we could be seeing the Browns probably at 13 and three or 12 and four. It's quite possible. Can you believe we're actually talking about the Browns being 12 and four or 13 and three? Yeah. I never would have thought it. No, not in a million years coming into this year. I would have thought maybe the Browns would be nine and seven, 10 and six if, if they came out strong, but they're coming out a lot, they're coming stronger, out a than lot stronger than anybody here would have ever thought. Nobody would have imagined that they'd be where they're at right now. So let's just hope that that and Especially continues. with this game that we had, the league's best defense in the NFL right now. Don't you hate the argument people say that the Pittsburgh, oh, the Colts didn't really have the best defense. It was the, It's the Steelers who do. And that goes back to the argument. Steelers have not played anybody of any substance, so – I, they really haven't. When you think no. about it, the first real test they were going to have was against mm-hmm. Tennessee before that game got pushed back to week seven. Yep. And that and was it, a game I was really heavily invested in watching because that was going to be a battle of two Titans of undefeated teams going up against each other. And as much flack as me and you give to the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. you cannot help but be – odd and amazed at Ben Roethlisberger's resurgence this season. No, it's hard not help to be odd it. and amazed at what that team has accomplished this season so far. Well, well, no. And, and the thing of it is too, is like, you know, they're going to play the Browns this week and then they play Tennessee next week. So they're going to play two winning teams well, back to back weeks. But look at last season, uh, Titans too. What was mm-hmm. their record? I, I mean, were, they didn't finish with the best of records either, didn't they? Nine and seven or ten and six, I want to say. Yeah, so they didn't finish with like the best of records, but they were also a team that went and challenged the eventual Super Bowl champions and the Chiefs. Yep. And had a chance to beat them. And the fact to they make went it in, to the Super Bowl. And the fact that they went in, they beat Baltimore in the first round, that was impressive as hell. And we're looking at a Tennessee team now that is only vastly improved from there. Oh yeah, they're a lot better now than they were last year. And that's a scary thought because they can get past almost get past the Chiefs and beat the Ravens. They are a dangerous threat in the AFC. Exactly. But anyway, so let's get on to this game, shall we, Mike? Yeah, let's get to the Colts and Browns. Um Wow, this game uh, was something else, and it was uh, pretty close. And again, like I said, we took it to the number one defense in the league and scored 30 points yet again for the fourth straight game. 30 straight points, four games in a row. They had a stat line saying the last time that uh, the Browns had done that, and I think it was 
1960s, I believe, if I heard that correctly. Was, that was three games in a row. Okay, so now they've actually beaten the record now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, damn. I'm, I'm look at the shocked. last time the Browns went 4-1 and one to start the season. It was in 1994. Who was our head coach back then? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yep. Who was our defensive coordinator back then? Nick Saban. Well, those two have come so a long way two, since 1994. So, arguably the best coach in the NFL that has been seen in Belichick mm. and arguably the best coach in college football history in Nick Saban were both on the same staff. I and think, that was the last time we went four and one to start the season out. I think the only uh, thing I'd question Bill Belichick on back in 1994 was getting rid of Bernie Kosar for Vinny Testaverde, but that's a whole different discussion. That, well, that's a, like I said, that's a story for another day. I'm anybody that's listening out there right now, please feel free. Give us ideas. We could end up going back in the days and talking about old teams from back then as well. Yeah. I've talked about the 1964 uh, world champion Browns. Hopefully that's uh, going to be repeated here soon enough. We can only hope, but One can hope. anyway, let's go into this game. Shall we? Yeah. Let's go down the stat lines. All right, so we had Baker Mayfield completing 21 passes out of 37 attempts for 247 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Unfortunately, Baker's back in the interception category here, although the one interception but I really again, won't you blame also him You got to keep in mind here, though, Baker Mayfield from right now compared to last year is astronomically better. Because yeah. he's already he's thrown nine TDs if I remember this reading the stat line correctly for the mm-hmm. season so far. Right. He's thrown nine TDs to four interceptions. I mean, yeah, he's he's better. And even with how good the Browns are doing right now, and how much we we proved ourselves this week, even in the press conference, Baker Mayfield has shown a high level of maturity, and stating that. At, like, at the news conference that this was vastly his worst game of the season that he's had so far, that the team has so many areas that they need to improve in as well. Well, if you want to hear a good stat here, uh, Baker Mayfield has the eighth best QBR in the league right now. Which is always a great thing to hear. Absolutely. You know, only behind Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, hey, one thing we got to talk about here since we're on the subject of yeah. Baker Mayfield. Uh, e, uh, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, get this one. He came out and he actually said he was very close to calling that uh, Minshew, quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. maybe better than Baker Mayfield. What do you say about that? I say that uh, he needs to go get examined. I mean, seriously, we're going to try to say that Gardner Minshew is better than Baker Mayfield? I mean, can we say that Phillip Rivers is better than Baker Mayfield right now? Let's compare the stats here. 21 of 33. Yes, he's threw less passes than Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Completed the same amount, but no touchdowns, two interceptions. His QBR this game was only 42.4. Well, Phillip Rivers' interceptions were, uh, were very ugly looking, too. They were ugly. Especially the one that was pick six 
pick six by Ronnie Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Or sorry, Ronnie Harrison Jr. Yeah, that was quite the pick six. I mean, he was just clear as day gone. There was nobody oh, around yeah. him. Uh, let's go into our rushing game here. Kareem Hunt, yet again, leading the charge. 20 carries for 72 yards. Mm-hmm. And Limited than there, usual. But the Colts defense is really good, so it's understandable. But that's still another 72 yards that he's put up. Yeah, I'm going to look up his uh, stat line as well. He is right now – he's got 347 rush yards already on the year, and he's ninth best in the NFL. Exactly. And he's a backup. Well, he's – Kareem Hunt is not a backup. Well, let's not get that. Let's speaking. get that correct right here. Right. Well, I agree. He's technically speaking, he is, but he is not your usual He's an RB2. I will say that much, but – when you've got the best running back duo in the league in Chubb and Hunt, can you really call either of them the starter or the backup at that point? No, it wouldn't be fair. It's all technicalities at this point. Yeah, and then look who we have emerging out of nowhere, too, with Chubb's injury, Dearness Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he's putting up yards. I mean, he only had 32, 32 yards, but 32 he only had eight yards, carries. Eight carries for 32 yards, but... His long run was 28 yards. Yeah, I don't remember which where that where that took place in the game. I think that might have been that big run towards the end of the game that put kind of put the stamp on it. It might have. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think of how, what we're seeing on the ground, at least for us right now? You mean like total for the season? Yeah. What do you think of how we're doing on the ground game? The new plan that Stefanski has put into place. Um. I mean, I think the Browns obviously have probably one of the best running games in the NFL right now. And uh, Stefanski's doing a hell of a job of mixing the pass and run very well. Something that Freddie Kitchens mishandled totally last year. He's like, he didn't know when to run the ball Here's properly. The Here's the thing that I have to uh, add into here. Uh-huh. It's the fact that Stefanski is playing to Baker Mayfield's strengths and weaknesses. Yep. By going in with the ground game, he's doing a lot of halfback draws, options, play actions, which is letting Mayfield get out of the pocket, which is exactly what you want to do when you have a quarterback that is on the shorter side like Mayfield. Yep. Yeah, it just seems like Freddie letting him be able to see down the field better. Right. Or look, hey, there's a hole and I can't exactly find someone to throw to run that fucking ball out of bounds a few yards down the line. Well, yeah. Freddie kitchens last year seemed like with the mixture of Todd Haley being of the year, it seemed like they were just trying to, um, they were trying to force Baker Mayfield to be something that he wasn't. And exactly. I don't know why they were so hell bent on making Baker so contained to the pocket. I mean, obviously Baker is one of the best on the run throwing quarterbacks in the NFL. So why not use that strength to your advantage? Why are you limiting him from doing that? Why are you telling him not to do it? Exactly. Which this is working so much for him nowadays. For sure. Oh, I lost my video for you. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I lost my video. My camera's popped out. Um, run with some more stats while I get this uh, camera feed fixed. 
But yeah, folks, uh, going back down the running game here, obviously Mayfield's next in line, two carries or 17 yards, which you never want to see a quarterback normally having a lot of running plays or rushing a lot. But the fact that he was still able to get even that much is impressive to me. What about you, Mike? All right, good opinion there. Uh, Anyways, going down the line here for receiving, we've got, yet again, Jarvis Landry and OBJ leading the charge with Landry having four receptions for 88 yards and a longest long ball of 32 this game, while we had Beckham with five catches and 58 yards. Uh Right behind him, we had Austin Hooper, five receptions for 57 yards. And we're seeing a lot more of him being used this game, and that is an amazing thing to see here. Uh, let's see. We've got Richard Higgins, Kareem Hunt. Both of them identical stat lines, three receptions, 21 yards, both of them getting receiving touchdowns this game. And it's amazing to see because we're seeing – how versatile that Kareem Hunt is. We're seeing Richard Higgins living up to his potential here. And I really don't know what else to say there. Uh, Najoku, we finally get back in. I mean, yeah, he's only had one target for six yards this game, but we're also seeing Najoku being brought back in to the game plan which is exactly what we want. Ease him back in, and then we can make him our t our tight end one coming in. Oh, okay, there, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that, guys. No, I was just going over our receiving game, that's all. Okay. How Talking about how Landry and Beckham uh, led the charge yet again this week. Yeah, they did a hell of a job this week. And uh, Landry with almost 100 yards receiving this week. Mm -hmm. Beckham with another five receptions for 58. Austin Hooper being more of the game plan here with 57 receiving yards on five catches. It's nice to see him being utilized more because I was concerned early in the year with that, with the productivity of him, but he's really getting utilized. And then it was the fact that Rashard Higgins and Kareem Hunt had identical stat lines and that they both had three receptions. But uh, correction, folks, I was wrong. Richard Higgins had 31 yards receiving. Kareem Hunt had 21, but they both had a TD catch each. Yeah, you know, I, I got to ask this question. Um, you know, I, I have to ask why Richard Higgins seems to be not being used all that much. I'm not really seeing him on the field. It seems well, like I'm only seeing to, him in the red zone. Because that's really what he is. He's a red zone receiver for the most part. Right. He's not someone that you mainly see on the long catches. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. He's one way- of those that he's got good hands when it comes to the short passes. Right. He can find himself in the holes to be able to get those catches for the mm-hmm. short game. He's not really someone you depend on for the long ball, which is why you have the players like Landry, Beckham, Hooper. Well, ag- agreed. The only reason why I think I kind of just wonder a little bit is because Richard Higgins had so much uh, great chemistry with Baker 
especially his rookie season. And I think they probably still still do to a degree. Yeah. So it might be nice to maybe see Higgins out there maybe just a little bit more. I mean, I see no, I like agree. I see Bryant and uh, and there's another guy out personally, there out there too. Personally, I like Higgins in the role that he's in right now, being our main real like red zone receiver. Well, it seems like anytime the Browns are inside the 10-yard line, he is out there, and it seems like every time he is out there, he gets a touchdown catch. Which is exactly what we need. I mean, yeah. We don't need to depend on him for the long ball. I mean, he probably is happy with the role that he's in because he's still getting passed to. Sure. He's getting those catches. He's getting his touchdowns. He's a, he's a receiver that can show – he can handle the ball when it matters most. Mm-hmm. When defenses are probably going to be at the strongest. True. You're right. You're right. They'll underestimate him a bit. Let's put it that way. And then, like I was talking about, Kareem Hunt with 21 yards receiving and another TD catch. That's just showing yet again the versatility of Kareem Hunt. He's everywhere. He's the best. He, I think, honestly, he probably is the best <laughs> running back uh, flat catcher in the NFL. He's just that big of a threat. I will argue that. Only because of Christian McCaffrey. Okay, maybe he's the only one. Okay, we'll put it this way. One that's currently playing and not on IR. Fair enough. Okay, all right. But one of the things I talked about, too, is Najoku being brought back into the fold this game. Yeah, only a catch he for six yards. He may have only had a catch for six yards, but it's the fact that we got David Najoku back this game. I'd like to know. I was extremely happy about because there means they're going to slowly start easing him back into the game plan, which means we could be seeing the Najoku from God, his rookie season. Well, that would be nice. And I, I, I'll tell you, I'd like to know how many plays he was in for this game, because I know he probably is a very, very, very good uh, run and defend blocker. Yeah. So I'd like to know how much he was on the field for that, because I'd be very curious to see, how much of an impact he probably wasn't in there a lot only because of the fact we had uh hooper in there for the majority of the game i mm-hmm. hooper got targeted 10 times that was more than what landry and beckham were targeted true true but it's just the fact that we're seeing Najoku being brought back into the fold that i'm happy about yeah I, i'm we're, glad to see we're him out there starting to see where he's you know at right now with his recovery too yeah i mean he came out of this game healthy which is a huge positive because it seemed to me anytime he was in there it just seemed like he was getting injured so the fact that he got through a game injure free good sign i know let's talk about this real quick too mike the stat lines the browns led in both running and receiving this week 68 yards to the Colts compared to 124 on the ground for Cleveland. I mean, yet again, um, I I will tell you, there's something that, um, that I was watching um, the herd with Colin Coward after the, uh, after the Browns win. And he dumbfounds me because he's kind of almost hypocritical because going into the game, you know, he's talking about how the Colts were good and this and that. And then as soon as the Browns beat them on the show the next day, 
he's saying about how, oh, well, the Browns just beat an average team and it showed the Colts really are just an average team. Well, it's like, well, wait a minute, time out. So the Colts are now an average team because the Browns beat them. But if the Brown, but if the Browns would have lost to them, you would have said that the Colts were awesome. It seems like Colin Coward has a strong problem with the Cleveland Browns. I don't know what his chip on his shoulder is about. Which them. is why I just choose to ignore anything that he yeah. says. Agreed. And he, and for some reason he, he loathes Baker Mayfield. He's hated him since the draft. Don't ask me why. And we'll just stop talking about him there because yeah. he's not worth the effort. He really isn't. You're a douchebag, Colin Coward. But anyway, so, I mean, Mayfield did have a fumble. Thankfully, uh, it stayed in possession of the Browns here. Yeah, that didn't affect them or hurt them at all. Now, defensive side of the ball. Yet again, we have B.J. Goodson leading the team with nine total tackles. He led the team last week, too, I believe, didn't he? I believe so. Nine total tackles, so three solos. Mm-hmm. Got Taki Taki with seven total uh, tackles, five solos. Five solos. Kevin Johnson, six total, three solos. No, and we got Denzel Ward here with five total, four solos. Now, let's talk about this one. Yet again, Miles Garrett, All over the, the only sack in the game uh, for Cleveland, and he was yeah. the one that got it. I was surprised that the Browns were only able to get to him once for a sack. Um, I mean, the Colts but have a good it's line. the fact that but... it was Miles Garrett yet again that broke through. The only thing missing was a strip sack, but I'm not going to – beggars can't be choosers. I'm not going to ask too much about it. Exactly. So. I, I, we're showing yet again just what Cleveland is capable of. That whole defensive front is powerful as, as hell. It's just it unstoppable really right now. It's insane to think about just how strong our defensive line is. Well, Sheldon Richardson and Olivier Vernon have really stepped up too this year from last year. They did, and it's unfortunate they're both listed as questionable for this game coming up. Yeah, we don't need any more injury problems, especially since uh, Chubb's still being out. I know Kareem Hunt's dealing with some kind of groin injury, but he's well, still playing through it. Well, I mean, on the it. plus side, after this game against Pittsburgh, he is eligible to be taken off the uh, IR reserve list. Chubb is? Yeah. So this hmm. became three. Interesting. So he, if I were the Browns, they play the Bengals next week after the Steelers. I probably wouldn't play him against the Bengals. It's not necessary. Honestly, as, I would say it would be best to keep him out until after the bye week. Yeah. So the, now is the bye week. Uh, who, who do they play before the bye week? It's is, is there one more game before the bye Honestly, week? We have the Bengals after this, but we have the Raiders at before the bye week. Mm, okay. The Raiders are going to be another true test for us because mm-hmm. with the Raiders taking down the undefeated, well, now the former undefeated Chiefs yep. this past week, that's putting them on the map as another team to look out for. Yeah, I wasn't sure the week before they played the Chiefs, but after they played the Chiefs now, now I have to kind of wonder exactly where they might go from here. Exactly. But uh, here, real quick, let's take yeah. a good look at the uh, at the division right now because the Browns have the best division in football, easily. Yeah, the Browns are in the best division in football right now, minus 
Cincinnati, but I mean, that's to be expected. You've got Pittsburgh at 4-0 right now. Mm-hmm. You've got Cleveland. You got Baltimore and Cleveland both tied at 4-1. and And the only reason that Baltimore is ahead of us right now is obviously because of the head-to-head matchup. Right, right. And if you look at the point differentials, too, this is where it gets interesting because Pittsburgh has a plus 31. Uh, Baltimore has a plus 73, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and the Browns are now at plus seven. So we're finally gotten to the positive after this week's game. Exactly. And uh, that just goes to show that the Browns are starting to become a team that people need to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm looking too down the line at all the uh, total points for a lot of teams. The Browns actually are the team with one of the highest uh, points for in the league. I think the only team that I see that's actually ahead of them is Dallas, um, the Raiders, and it looks like the, the no correction. I'm wrong on that one. Um, yeah. So it's just the Raiders and the Cowboys and the Packers. The Raiders by one. Sense. Yeah, the Seahawks as well. But, I mean, they're like top five. Yeah. But let's talk about this yet again with uh, Parkey yet again being perfect on his field goals and extra points. Parkey has been a breath of fresh air. He really has. Because... Considering that, I mean, Seibert wasn't bad last year, but Seibert wasn't the guy that I looked to to be reliable last year. No, not at all. But Parkey has proven that I think we can trust him with a game-winning situation. Uh, Let's hope that we can keep it that way. Let's hope we don't need him for that because you never want to be put in that situation. We haven't had a situation like that yet, and I prefer that. No, I agree. But, yeah, um... Going down real quick on Indianapolis's stat line here. Obviously, Phillip Rivers, 21 of 33, 243 yards, no TDs, two interceptions. Played a big fat goose egg in the TD category. Uh, rushing attack, yeah, Taylor leading the charge with 12 carries, 57 yards, and a TD. Yet again, the Browns defense containing the run. Which, that's eh, just amazing to me. Just, again, how powerful yeah. our line is. I mean, can you imagine in the offseason when the Browns beef up their uh, their secondary, how dangerous their defense is going to be next year? Exactly. Scary thought. And then we have uh, T.Y. Hilton leading the charge, sixty or 69 yards on six catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a total of 243 yards through the air, which, again, that can be – Going, going on to a faulty secondary right now. Yeah, it's so we're not at full strength right on secondary at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, they obviously normal stat lines that you would expect for their defense. Uh, obviously, they had a couple of interceptions as well, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, really not much to go off of. No, uh, I think the only thing we make mention of is uh, 
out of Baker's two interceptions, only one of those I, I don't really fully blame him for because his second pick, he was being brought down in a minute sack when he let go of the ball. So, yeah, you know, that really wasn't his fault. Although the first pick he had was unfortunately a not so pretty one. It was an overthrow yet again. No. But, but I think he he's has learning. Improved a lot more on that. Mm-hmm. I think he's he has learning. improved a lot on that now. So, which is good thing to see. Did you? Um, it's just a matter of he still has his mistakes here and there. Baker in his post game conference, he said that he felt like that this was one of his worst outings. I don't know if I necessarily agreed with him on that because I think the oh, Ravens I agree game. With him. You think that this was worse than the Ravens game? It's showing more of the fact that he's matured enough to realize that he is so much he still has to improve on. True. He's not coming out here and saying, yeah, we beat the Colts and all that and saying, yeah, I did it, guys. No, he is looking at that and going, mm-hmm. yeah, we may have won the game, but I could have done so much better to help this team out and not put them in a position where, you know, they got closer than they needed to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh... – the only, the only, the only similarities I saw between this game and the Ravens game was, of course, some of the overthrows could have been, uh, could have been better. And I think that no, I agree. I don't know if it's just his over eagerness or the or the or the uh, defensive pressure that gets him kind of frazzled. I'm not really sure what the issue is there. I'm sure that'll be fixed along the year, though. I, I would assume they would. Mm-hmm. I think Stefanski's working on that with him to improve him and, and get him better and get some of those inconsistencies fixed. No, I agree. We'll see what happens from here. But so next week, or not next week, but this upcoming week Two on Sunday, days. we have the pivotal game against the Steelers coming up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure what to think about this game right now because, A, I am hoping that Odell Beckham does play. I mean, we got a breath of uh, a sigh of relief today with him not testing positive for COVID. I don't know if you heard the news, but um, it came out that the Colts had to shut down their facility yesterday because they had a lot of different uh, personnel that tested positive for COVID. And, of course, they played the Browns on Sunday. So there was a concern that maybe Odell did have the COVID and that the Browns were going to shut down the facility and that maybe Sunday's game would be moved to Monday or Tuesday night. Thankfully, that didn't happen. We'll know for sure tomorrow when the team is uh, tested. Their tests from today, I think, come tomorrow. We'll know for sure if everything's in the clear and we're all set for Sunday. But um, if we come into this game healthy, uh, I think the Browns have a very good chance. If we don't have Beckham and Baker struggles with his injury, we might have a problem. I don't know what I to agree. think. But – just going off what we know right now, predictions for the game. Let's start with you. Tough. Um, I will go with the Browns based off of them with the assumption of them being healthy. I will go with the Browns, but I do not think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, I don't even know if I necessarily want to say this is going to be a score fest. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the simple final score of the Browns winning 20 to 17 with a possible late game parky field goal that w- wins it for them. I am with you on that, that I think it's going to be a late parky field goal that wins it for them. So yes, my prediction is that the Browns are going to win. Mm-hmm. My 
prediction is also that it's not going to be a very heavy offensive and scoring game. Mm-hmm. I'm going even lower point total than you, though. Really? Okay, what you got? I think it's going to be a very tough gridiron fight with the Browns mm-hmm. eking it out at 17 to 14. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're both in agreement here that I, I just don't, I don't see this being a score fest. I just think that if the defenses are both going to come to play, I think even the Browns defense is going to hold Ben. I, I think our defense is going to put up some, uh, some turnovers. I think we're going to pick off Ben, maybe an interception or two. I see it happening. I'm hoping for that. I'm also hoping for yet another strip sack by Garrett. I would like to see that as much as I'd also like to see uh, Mason Rudolph come into this game as well, but that's just kind of a wish fulfillment thinking yeah. just for a little bit of comeuppance, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that Ben's playing this game because I really want to see the Browns play the Steelers at their best because last year we didn't play Ben at all. So it kind of felt a little incomplete to play them last year. It really did. We did. So it'll be nice to actually play him again and go free. Uh, you know, let's see what win. happens coming out from here. We're playing oh, the God. Steelers pretty much at their best with this game coming up. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it, this is going to be a respect game for us. Pretty much. I think uh, I think uh, the radio said it best when they said if the Cleveland Browns, or Jim Nance said this, he said if the Cleveland Browns win this game, they are going to be seen nationally as a possible Super Bowl contender. Uh, that is a very likely possibility, especially no, with wrong. how we're playing right now. You got CBS Sports. You've got a few other outlets that, in their latest power rankings, have the Browns listed as one of the top ten teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, there were a couple. They were a couple in the top tens. There was one that I saw that the Browns were in the top six. It just seems like the national media is finally giving the Browns the, the respect that they deserve. And uh, they're finally getting some recognition for the for the quality play that they've been putting up. Yeah, the last we five can games. only hope that it goes up from here at this point. One can hope, and I just hope the team stays healthy. And we, I hope we even get a full season. I mean, this whole uh, COVID wave coming through now might put the entire season in jeopardy. And who knows? We might only get to play 10, 11, 12 games before they decide to start the playoffs and do the whole bubble thing that the NHL and the NBA were doing. Well, we'll have to wait and see at this point. But I will tell. Uh, anyways, do you have anything else said? I think that's all. Other than uh, let's just hope for a good quality, healthy game on Sunday. Exactly what I was going to say as well. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you yet again for tuning in to another episode of the Dog Pound Nation. Uh, it's Jason Gabasi yet again here with Mike Winkler. And go Browns. Go Browns.